Well, hey, you guys, this is Heidi St. John. I hope you're having a great day wherever this podcast finds you. This is the Off the Bench podcast, and I'd like to touch on the topic of education again here today because of some things that have happened in the last several days and also in response to some moms leaving comments on Instagram about the condition of the public schools. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, you guys know me. I'm no fan of the public school system. And it's it's not uh, something that I try to hide. Our daughter, Savannah, was in the public schools. And in fact, I, I gave it the old college try. I put our daughter in a public school and I pulled her out in second grade. And the reason that I pulled her out, well, there are several reasons, but the main reason was that I st- was starting to see that the education system was actually turning my daughter into someone that I didn't like. And I saw this in second grade. And I it's it's amusing to me to look back and see my younger self because my younger self, especially when I was a brand new mom, there was no way I was going to homeschool my kids. Absolutely no way. I could not conceive of why a, a, a rational woman, why a woman in her right mind would choose to be locked up with her kids for 18 years in a row with no hope of reprieve when a little yellow school bus come and take them away for free. I just, I couldn't conceive of it. And I didn't understand why education was such a big deal. It was the Lord that got a hold of my heart. It was God that showed me that the responsibility for educating my children rests primarily with me and my husband. And it was the public schools that showed me that public schools are no place for kids these days. And I've been very outspoken about this. And many of you, I think, have seen me sort of go through this Uh, metamorphosis, I guess, is the only way that I can think of to describe it. Because out on the speaker circuit, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I was very ambivalent about the importance of education. We had chosen homeschooling for ourselves, but if you wanted to keep your kid in in the uh, public school, no harm, no foul, uh, good luck to you and all that. But as things have progressed and as I have seen with my own two eyes and heard stories of parents all over the country, whether it's conservative, small town America or a big New York City America, the leftists own our public school system. And I don't care if you're if you're going to tell me that you're a, a public school administrator and and you love the public schools. I'm I'm not. That's not my beef. I hope that more and more Christian adults end up in the field of education simply because education is the front lines of the culture war. Education is what got us into this mess, and education is what's going to get us out. And I've been studying recently, or or looking back, I guess, over the life of somebody that I have long admired, and he's uh, no longer with us. You guys might be familiar with John Taylor Gatto. And I, it's been a long time since I've addressed him on the show, but there's an article that he wrote that I think is, I thought was so well-written that it would be worth sharing here at the show. And so that's what I want to do today. For those of you who aren't familiar with John Taylor Gatto, he was an American author and a school teacher. And after teaching for nearly 30 years in the government school system, he offered, uh, he authored rather several books on modern education. He criticized its ideology. He criticized the history. He criticized the consequences of public education. And probably his most well-known book is one that I picked up 
years ago called Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. And then, of course, he wrote The Underground History of American Education, a school teacher's intimate investigation into the problem of modern schooling. He died, of course, in 2018, but he wrote, there were so many things that he that he said and so many quotes that he is responsible for. This is one of his quotes. Schools were designed by Horace Mann and Bernard Sears and Harper of the University of Chicago and Thorndike of Columbia Teachers College and some other men to be instruments of the scientific management of a mass population. Schools are intended to produce through the application of formula formulaic human beings whose behavior can be predicted and controlled. The history of the public schools is out there for everyone to see. And they didn't do it because they cared about your kids. They did it because they wanted a way to control children and to control the thinking of students. And that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, John Taylor Gatto wrote an article uh, right after he was named Teacher of the Year. And this is the name of it. And I'm going to read to you large pieces of it because I think Probably one of the the most important works that he ever wrote was this simple article, and it's called, I Quit, I Think. I've taught public school for 26 years, and I just can't do it anymore. For years, I asked the local school board and superintendent to let me teach a curriculum that doesn't hurt kids, but they had other fish to fry. So I'm going to quit, I think. I've come to slowly understand what it is I really teach. A curriculum of confusion, class position, arbitrary justice, vulgarity, rudeness, disrespect for privacy, indifference to quality, and utter dependency. I teach how to fit into a world I don't want to live in. I just can't do it anymore. I can't train children to wait to be told what to do. I can't train people to drop what they are doing when a bell sounds. I can't persuade children to feel some justice in their class placement when there isn't any. And I can't persuade children to believe teachers have valuable secrets they can acquire by becoming our disciples. This isn't true. Government schooling is the most radical adventure in history. It kills the family by monopolizing the best times of childhood and teaching disrespect for home and parents. An exaggeration? Hardly. Parents aren't meant to participate in our form of schooling. My orders as a schoolteacher are to make children fit an animal training system, not to help each find his or her personal path. The whole blueprint of school procedure is Egyptian, not Greek or Roman. It grows from the faith that human value is a scarce thing, represented symbolically by the narrow peak of a pyramid. That idea passed into American history through the Puritans, It found its, quote, scientific presentation in the bell curve, along which talent supposedly apportions itself by some iron law of biology. It's a religious idea, and school is its church. New York City hires me to be a priest. I offer rituals to keep heresy at bay. I provide documentation to justify the heavenly pyramid. Socrates foresaw that if teaching became a formal profession, something like this would happen. Professional interest is best served by making what is easy to do seem hard. By subordinating laity to priesthood, school has become too vital a job project, contract giver and protector of the social order to allow itself to be reformed. It has political allies to guard its marches. Boy, that's the truth. And this is why reforms come and go without changing much. 
Even reformers can't imagine school much different. David learns to read at age four. Rachel, at age nine, in normal development, when both are 13, you can't tell which one learned first. The five-year spread means nothing at all. But in school, I will label Rachel learning disabled and slow David down a bit, too. For a paycheck, I adjust David to depend on me to tell me when to go and stop. He won't outgrow that dependency. I identify Rachel as a discount merchandise, quote, special education. After a few months, she'll be locked into her place forever. In 26 years of teaching rich kids and poor, I almost never met a, quote, learning disabled child. Hardly ever met a gifted and talented one either. Like all school categories, these are sacred myths created by human imagination. They derive from questionable values we never examine because they preserve the temple of schooling. There's a secret behind short answer tests, bells, uniform time blocks, age grading standardization, and all the rest of the school religion punishing our nation. There isn't a right way to become educated. There are as many ways as fingerprints. We don't need state-certified teachers to make education happen. That probably guarantees it won't. How much more evidence is necessary? Good schools don't need more money or a longer year. They need real free market choices, variety that speaks to every need and runs risks. We don't need a national curriculum or national testing. Both initiatives arise from ignorance of how people learn or deliberate indifference to it. I can't teach this way any longer. If you hear of a job where I don't have to hurt kids to make a living, let me know. Come fall, I'll be looking for work, I think. Are you ready to experience the best sleep of your life? Listen, guys, I love, love, love the MyPillow mattress. My husband and I have been enjoying it for over a year. It's a two-sided encased coil quilted mattress, and you can get it delivered by UPS right to your door. It's easy to set up. Just unroll it and watch it come to life. The MyPillow mattress has a 10-year warranty, a six-month money-back guarantee, and free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code Heidi, and receive up to 60% off your orders again by using the promo code Heidi. Or call 1-800-447-0541 and again use the promo code Heidi. John Taylor Gatto wrote this article for the Wall Street Journal in July of 1991. My daughter, Savannah, was born in September of 1991. So she was born really when this unrest, this huge unrest around our government schools was just gearing up. Gatto was a New York State Teacher of the Year. He was an advocate for school reform. And I would say that his voice is probably speaking louder now than it did even when he was alive. You see, the issues around public education are continuing to be more and more dire with each passing year. When I started homeschooling my kids, I did what I knew to do. I set up a classroom in my uh, in my basement and complete with the uh, American flag and a desk. I bought the same desks for my kids that I had when I was in grade school. You know, the wooden ones where the, the chairs would spin and the janitor would come in every year in the fall and he would adjust your desk up. I got those same desks for my kids when I started homeschooling them. But I'll tell you what, it didn't take very long and we weren't sitting at those desks anymore. Where do you guys think we ended up? We ended up at the kitchen table. We ended up on the couch. We ended up anywhere where life was happening because where life was happening, 
learning was happening. You see, learning doesn't need to be partitioned inside the four walls of a classroom. Learning happens at the grocery store. Learning happens when we're talking to our children. Learning happens, as Deuteronomy tells us, when we rise up and when we sit down. And this is my big beef, along with many other beefs, with the government school system. We are teaching our children to be robots. We're indoctrinating them into a leftist ideology. And parents will tell me, well, that's not happening in my child's school. But I am here to beg you to see that it is indeed happening. How many of us have sent our kids to these institutions only to have them come back and have a radically different worldview than the worldview that we had hoped to impart to them? Education matters. When I was introduced to the idea of homeschooling, I scoffed. I could not understand, A, how it would work, and I realized later it's because I had been lied to. Because somewhere along the line, someone told me that I would never be smart enough to teach my own kids, that even though I had gone through a perfectly decent school, that when I came out as an 18-year-old young person, I was not equipped to teach a five-year-old how to read. Somewhere along the line, I realized I had been misled. I am capable of teaching my own children. And not only am I capable of it, I love my children more than anyone else ever could. Parents can teach their own children. I think that the idea, and I, I'm going to have uh, some people on the show here in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about the topic of unschooling, because that was another area of education that I mocked and scoffed until I started to, to meet and engage with young people who had been, quote, unschooled by their parents. And when we talk about unschooling, we're talking about kids who basically their parents gave them a general framework, and then they guided them through the process of learning. I loved that John Taylor Gatto said that some children learn to read at five and some children learn to read at 12. But by the time these kids are 13, 14 years old, that age difference doesn't make any difference. But in the school system that we have now, one is categorized as gifted and the other one is given the label of special needs. This smacks of Marxism in the culture. It smacks of what the Rockefellers wanted to do was not to create thinkers, he wanted to create a nation of workers, and that's exactly what we've done. We should be teaching our children to be independent thinkers, to be critical thinkers, to question what they hear on the news, and to search out truth for themselves. Children should be taught to admire their parents and to want to emulate many of the good things that their parents do, not that they go into the same line of work or that they even share all of the same ideas. But the public school system is systematically destroying the parent-child relationship by removing the child for most of the best hours of the day. As I was reading some of the things that uh, John Taylor Gatto said, I thought this was really interesting. He said, government schooling is the most radical adventure in history. It kills the family by monopolizing the best times of childhood and by teaching disrespect for home and for parents. Boy, that's the truth. And that's what I've been seeing for years and years and years. Children, John Taylor Gatto went on to say, learn what they live. Put kids in a class and they will live out their lives in an invisible cage, isolated from their chance at community. Interrupt kids with bells and horns all the time and they will learn that nothing is important or worth finishing. Ridicule them and they will retreat from human association. 
Shame them and they will find a hundred ways to get even. The habits taught in large-scale organizations are deadly. You guys, I want to encourage you, and I know some of you, you know, you get frustrated with me because I continue to talk about what's wrong in the public schools, but I truly believe that education is the front line of the war that is being fought against our country right now. We can talk about the shadow state. We can talk about the deep state. But education in this country is both shadow state and deep state all rolled into one. And every day, hundreds of thousands of parents pack their kids a sack lunch, pat them on the head and send them to the front lines of the culture wars where they're taught not to think for themselves, memorize the 400 genders and come home that afternoon believing that America is systemically racist and that we are the result of a capitalist culture that is inherently evil. These are wrong ideas. And parents, you can do better. You can homeschool your kids. If you've never thought about it or you're thinking about it now, I just want you to take a moment today and consider where you want your child to be five years, 10 years, 15, 25 years from now, because education is the foundation of where your child will be in the years to come. Some of you have criticized me because I have become such a proponent of homeschooling, even above private school. And the reason that I've become a proponent of homeschooling above even private education, even good private education, is because it still takes the child away from the parent. Mom and dad, you only have a limited number of hours in the day and a limited number of days in a week and weeks in a year to spend with your kids. And you're going to blink and it's going to be gone. I promise you, I know this from experience. Why not make the most of every opportunity that we have with our children? to tell them we love them, to expose them to the good and the beautiful things in this world, to teach them how to be disciples of Jesus Christ and to train them in righteousness so that they can identify what's happening around them and enter the battlefield with confidence. That is the job of every Christian parent. That is our job. And here at the Homeschool Resource Center, we have been doing something now for about seven years that is breathing life into little kids and families all over the Pacific Northwest. The Homeschool Resource Center is ablaze with activity and interesting things that are happening in every corner of the building here, whether the children are learning how to, how to make a, a head bust of Shakespeare or whether they're crafting something in the ceramic studio or learning how to dance or studying the Constitution or making a jello mold of a cell and discovering what the mitochondria really means. Learning is happening, and it doesn't need to happen in the confines of an eight-hour day, five days a week that takes children away from their parents. I'm going to link back to this article by John Taylor Gatto today, and I hope that you will pick up his book, Dumbing Us Down. You can find it anywhere books are sold. This conversation needs to happen. Churches need to start standing up and talking to parents about the importance of education. We are mandated by scripture to be the people in charge of our children's education, in charge of the way that they are raised from the moment they get up, the moment they go to bed. The responsibility belongs to you, mom and dad, and I hope you'll take advantage of it. That's all I've got time for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love to hear from you. You can reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That's where you can leave your comments ideas for guests on the show, show ideas, and leave your questions for me or for Dr. Mark Sherwood that we will answer 
at Mailbox Monday. We appreciate you guys. I want to thank you also for leaving reviews for the show wherever reviews can be left, particularly at iTunes and over at Spotify. Anchor is now uh, Spotify for podcasters, and you guys can learn more about that by going to anchor.fm. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith 